Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I'm your host, Amy Williams, and I am so excited that you're here listening to the show today. My hope and my prayer is that you find the strength and the comfort in knowing whatever you may be facing in your life right now, that you are not alone. Here on the Amy Williams Show, I'm all about being transparent in my personal struggles, my successes, and I pray that each episode brings you the motivation to keep moving forward. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Amy Williams Show. I'm your host, Amy Williams. This is episode 20. You guys, I'm super pumped. So this is the first uh, episode of February, which is Black History Month. And I am just, I'm excited for what's to come. And uh, before we hop into it, uh, I'm really just, I'm looking forward to this. I really want to celebrate our future and as, as important as it is to know our history so that we don't repeat it and just to understand each other, I think it's really important too to focus on the future. So that's what we're doing over here at the Amy Williams Show. And before we get into it, I do have a little voice clip for our listeners' minutes. And if you've been following me on social media, you have seen that I was shipped these beautiful earrings and scrunchies from Kaylee, and she's over at Earring Bay Boutique. She's got uh, Facebook and Instagram. You can find her, uh, or you can find me and find her through that, too. So, all right, here is her voice clip. Hey, Amy, it's Kaylee, owner and boss babe at Earring Bay Boutique. First of all, OMG. Girl, you spoke to me on episode four about pouring from an empty cup. I think it just becomes robo-mom mode of going through the motions with putting yourself last sometimes. Especially as a wife, a mom of four, and a business owner, I relate hard to this. There are days that I do it all and all the extras and everything in between. And then there's days I do exactly what you spoke about on your episode. I simply brush my teeth and shower, and that's it. And that's okay. It took me a lot to get here, but I promise the difference in productivity and quality of my work is so much better when my cup is full and I'm not burnt out or empty. Take the time for yourself, ladies. It truly is so important. Thank you so much for the reminder, Amy. Ah, there it is. Kaylee, thank you so much. And thank you for the earrings. Um, They're incredible and I love them. And guys, go check her out. Uh, And without further ado, that was the listener's minute. If you want to hear your voice, send me a private message. It's super fast and easy, guys. Uh, Thank you for listening to Kaylee and um, for your input and for sharing. So uh, today's episode is with Misha. She is owner and founder of Jambo Books. So I'm excited for you guys to hear from her. Here it is. On today's episode, we are featuring a super special guest. Her name is Misha Godfrey. She is the founder of Jambo Books. Jambo, which means both hello and welcome in Swahili, is a book subscription service for children ages 0 to 13 All of the books feature lead characters who are children of color. Misha is passionate about helping parents raise children who won't need to be taught how to tolerate people who are different from themselves because they will expect and enjoy healthy inclusion. Jambo Books is her invitation to parents and those with children in their lives to build cross-cultural competencies in our children through relatable fun fiction stories. Misha, hi! Hello, hello. Some of those words seem to be too big for my mouth today. But oh, it's still early. 
I'm so excited to have you on. I'm just, I want to learn your story and all of that. And uh, as a mom of biracial babies, this gets me super pumped up because I think sometimes those books are hard to find. Mm -hmm. Before we get into Jambo books, I want to learn a little bit more about you and um, your story. So I know a little bit about you, but why don't we share it with our listeners? Sure. Um, I am a mother of two. I have two little girls. One is seven and one is four. And we live in Decatur, Georgia with my husband. Um, Right now, I am, of course, running Jumbo Books, but I was trained as a lawyer and I practiced in New York City for a couple of years. And that was just not for me. And at the time, my husband and I decided to move to his home Um, in Atlanta. So when I came here, I said, let me do what it is I really want to do, which is try to become an affordable housing developer. So that's what I did. I was able to find a job working on purchasing foreclosed houses, rehabbing them, and getting them into hands of folks who made about 60 to 50 percent of the area median income. Um, I also worked on a program where the city had developers of luxury condos to set aside a portion for folks who made a little less money. And um, that was really fun, really, really great experience. Um, but then I had my first, my first child, and I decided to take a year off with her. And that is when I started thinking about, okay, what is it that I really want to do And I've always been interested in social justice. Like, that's the reason I went to law school. I thought I wanted to be like Thurgood Marshall um, and found that litigation was not my bag. So (laughs) I needed to figure out something else. And for me, social justice, three of the pillars that it rested on were going to be where can you live, where can you go to school, and where can you work? And... I liked housing because it hit a lot of those different points. But when I started having my kids, we were a part of some book clubs that sent books to the house. And I started to get a little bit annoyed (laughs) that all of the books featured children who were white. And they were in very common environments for kids who live in the United States, right? They were playing at summer. They were bouncing balls. They were going to the pool. And I thought, but we do that too. And I would certainly love for my children to be able to see themselves reflected in these books. And we were looking for books that that focused on children of color. And so many of them took place in another country, in an environment that was not familiar because it would be sort of a village. And while it's wonderful to learn about other people's experiences and other places in the world, we thought it was important for our kids to realize that they also belonged here in the United States, that they could bloom where they're planted. They don't have to go somewhere else to belong. And um, so we really started looking for those books and then decided to try to share them with other parents through Jumbo Books because we couldn't find another subscription service that would send us books exactly like these. 
<laughs> well, I think it's phenomenal what you're doing. I think it's funny how you go from lawyer to housing developer to children's books. That's kind of a, <laughs> it's quite the little trail there, but I yes. love it. You know, it, it just speaks to how God can change your desires and your, Absolutely you know, right. your purpose can change. And, um, you know, I'm not sure if you've listened yet, but we did a four part series, um, my pastor and I, and it was just so funny because I talked about when I went to Walmart for Christmas shopping and there was like this huge box with like 15 baby dolls in it, but they were all white. Some of them had brown hair, red hair. So it's like they tried, but it was right, right. very it's low effort. That is the diversity kit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one has black hair, but it's still Caucasian. Right, so right. yeah, I think, um, I think it's great because it's important to know that there's normalcy, even though, you know, like there's sometimes it could be a, a, a diversity, but then it's like, whoa, you're completely different. Like if someone from right. straight in Africa and it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's great. Like don't not include that. And there's all kinds of cultures, mm -hmm. but what about here? And, right. and you know, the similarities that so many kids have regardless of skin color. Exactly right. So now, correct I love me if I'm that wrong. Series, by the way, that you did with your pastor. Oh, you did listen. Yes. Awesome. Yes, it was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he's he is great. He he just has a way with words. So he really does. I was taking notes. Oh. <laughs> <I> really was. <laughs> I'll have to let him know. Um, because yeah, it, and I feel like we really missed a few things. I told him I'm like, you know, you're gonna have to come back because oh, right. there was a few things that were on our like notes that we were gonna talk about and missed. So we'll do more. Um, so I I want to ask you, do you actually write the books, or are you just finding the books and adding them to your subscription? Right, I am the curator. I don't okay. write the books. I scour book lists on the internet. I'm all over Amazon. I'm in bookstores. I'm constantly trying to find great books. And it's really important to us first that the books be fiction. We can certainly, we talk about books that are about nonfiction characters, talk about real people. But again, we're really just trying to uplift that joy of childhood. Mm -hmm. We're just saying, look, you know, fairies, unicorns, firemen, trucks, like let's, let's go all the way in on fiction. So yes. it's gotta be fiction. There have to be kids as the main characters and not animals. And um, it's really gotta be a fun story that you can kind of get your teeth into or learn something from. Yeah, and the imagination has to run wild, right? Absolutely. That's the whole fun of reading, especially in that age. Like. You know, we, we're big fans of Captain Underpants, but it's mostly because of all the the, the uses of the word poop. Right. It, <laughs> yep, for, some, yep. for some reason, it's so fun to say poop or poopy. Oh, yes. We've and got Super Diaper Baby, <laughs> for sure. And I said Super Diaper Baby, and some people were like, you're sending that. And I said, you know what? If you can enjoy dessert reading, you can learn to enjoy reading for dinner. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if graphic novels are your gateway, let's go through. It's fine. They're great. They're funny. So absolutely. I, I love it. I love Dr. Uh, Dr. Captain Underpants. And <laughs> Dr. Underpants. That would be fun. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's, that's coming. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> if not, somebody will listen to this and be like, all right, new book idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 
I love reading with my kids and I think um, it's just to get that creativity and those giggles. And that's what we like. We like, um, you know, simple ones too, you know, elephant and piggy. Those are good ones because there's no child of either color. It's a pig and an elephant. So it's like we just avoid the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm definitely gonna, I was just scouring your website earlier. I'm like, I'm gonna have to subscribe because seriously, we're missing the boat. So, all right, so what do you, what is your goals with, with the program, with the subscription service? What we're hoping to do in the long term is help to be a part of the people who are trying to build the beloved community. And it's really hard to do what Martin Luther King charged us to do in building the beloved community. He said it was built on reconciliation. It was built on hope and it was built on love and loving people who aren't exactly like you is really, really difficult. And so we're hoping that we can start young with kids so that they can learn that there are so many different people out there and all of their stories are valid and all of their stories are interesting and to miss them when they are not around. Our hope is that one day a little boy who is a member of Jumbo Books will have grown up and will find himself in a meeting room where people are making decisions for a community. And that little boy, be he a child of color or a white child, will look around the room and say, hold on, everyone's not here. How can we make these decisions for this community when everyone is not at the table being represented? Let's stop and start again with some more folks. Um, You know, our hope is that one day one of these kids will grow up and maybe become a police officer and see in front of him or her a person with humanity, a person who deserves another chance to live instead maybe of discharging the weapon in fear. Which is understandable, Mm -hmm. but ah, that would be That would be our hope. Um, You know, when I was applying to law schools, I got to go to a very good law school and someone said to me, well, aren't you lucky that there's affirmative action? And I was like, hold the phone, young man. I'm actually quite awesome. And that is why they, (laughs) um, but everyone doesn't have that sense of self, right? Right, right. I want more children of color to have that sense of self. I deserve this. I'm the star of my own story. I belong here. There's no place I shouldn't be. And for our subscribers who are not children of color to say, yes, that's true. They do belong here. That's right. (laughs) They're just as normal as every other person. I'm like raising my hands over here going, yes, yes, yes. Um, I think that one of the things that stuck out to me, and I don't know if you've said it yet, I don't think I've heard it yet, but the difference between the tolerance and the acceptance. And right. I know you're talking about uh, the fear of someone being different than you. And usually that's where it's all coming from is, is a place of fear, which is ridiculous, um, but it's, it's human. So 
Can you talk a little bit more about the, the difference with the tolerance and the acceptance? Absolutely. So when I think of tolerance versus acceptance, I think about kindergarten. I think about the circle. And if you tolerate someone who is not like you, who thinks different, looks different, has different parents, you let that person stand on the outside of the circle. You don't make them leave the room, but you keep your circle tight. In acceptance, you scoot over and you let the person sit down. And I think for me, that's the simplest way that I can describe Such a good analogy. Yeah, scoot over. <laughs> yeah, make room. Come on. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, when I was 10, I moved from a town in Kentucky to Los Angeles, California. And it was so amazing to me because where I was from in Kentucky, I knew one kid of, I believe, Iranian background. And that was it. Everybody else was black or white. And then we moved to Southern California. And it was like, whoa, the whole world is right here on my street. And it was so fascinating. I got to learn about countries I had literally not heard of. And these people were from them. And I got to, you know, try different foods and be in different people's homes. And it was so amazing. I want that experience for every child. And if you can't live in a place that's that intensely diverse, I'm going to send them to your house. I can send you kids from everywhere. Um, Well, with backgrounds from everywhere, but whose stories take place in an environment that would be recognizable to kids from the U.S. I love that. (laughs) I, yeah, we're not in like a super diverse area. Um, It's diverse, but not like what you're saying. You know, it's not intensely diverse, I would say. Right. Um, (laughs) But I, I love the analogy of the kindergarten and the circle because it like, I can relate to that right now because my son's in kindergarten Yes, my daughter's in second grade, and I think that there are definitely some struggles that we have. And for me, I don't want to to blame it on appearance because right. I think like it it just happens normally in kindergarten where you try and figure out who your friends are and who's right. the kid. I mean, that's normal, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and so I feel like I'm kind of like bracing myself for, for sure. what's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's inevitable. <laughs> all that, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and avoid it as long as I can. Um, but you know I, what? Do, you know what I mean? I don't want that for them, but I also want to be prepared. Of course, of course. And, you know, by continually exposing your child to how completely normal he is, completely at home he is right here, you're building up his own self-esteem so that, you know, inevitably someone's going to say something crazy and he, I hope, can come back with, you're insane. I'm awesome. <laughs> I What? Where did you get that from? You, you Have you to- not met me? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 So do you, living where you're at now in Georgia, um, mm-hmm. are you in a pretty diverse community? Kind of. So Atlanta is very diverse, uh, but I live in a town right next to the city of Atlanta um, called Decatur. 
and it's a really sweet, kind town. I love it. I write about it a lot. Um, it used to be majority black, and over the years, it has turned to majority white. So, you know, I was concerned about moving here because I thought, we moved to Atlanta. We have all these black people around us, and now we're moving to Decatur. What are we doing? But, you know, one of my children has um, special needs. And her therapist said, you need to go to Decatur. So we went to Decatur so that she could be in the school district that they thought was best for her. And I have been really heartened by the effort that a little tiny city, it's four square miles, is making to try to push forward equity, to push forward inclusion. Um, you know, they did something called Decatur Dinners where over a thousand people got together in different homes on one night to talk about what does diversity and inclusion mean to us in this city. Right? Right? Wow. It's amazing. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, I'm in a place that's trying, that's trying to live up to, to our creed. And I appreciate that. You know, there's something to be said about effort in this area you know, like we're not perfect. We're all human and we're taught by such a young age, so many wrong processes. And so it's, it's good that, you know, at some point we go, Hmm, we can do better. Let's try. That's right. Anybody has an expectation that anything's going to be fixed or cured or perfect overnight. It's, it's not right. Um, But we can do the effort. And I think that's awesome. A thousand people, our church does, um, like a dinner gathering thing once a month at different houses on that much smaller scale. But, well, yes. <laughs> but I love that. That's awesome. It really was great. And you know, it rem- you remind me of something that your pastor was saying in the prior episode when he was saying, look, we all have our roles to play. You know, everybody isn't like the fiery activists out front. Everybody isn't marching, but everybody has a role to play and that we should do that. And so... Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Teamwork makes the dream, dream work. <laughs> yes. And I think like, like you said earlier, I, I kind of want to um, wrap it up, but what you said earlier about teaching them at such a young age, like what an impression that can have um, in their future, you know? Absolutely. And so your books are, are not necessarily geared for people of color only, it's for everybody. And Absolutely think, not. You know, if you are in a non-diverse area and you're in your white bubble, like we call it, mm-hmm. um, it's almost more important to get the subscription because then you can teach your kids and show your kids in books if they're not in real life, right? That's right. A large minority of our customers are white customers who buy them for their grandchildren, children, nieces, nephews, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I am so appreciative of your time. Is there anything you want to add before we shut it down? I just want to make sure folks know that they get two to three books each month. And the books come in these boxes that we call Jambart boxes, where we work with artists who who live all over the world and create art that's just gorgeous, that also celebrates the joy of childhood. And that art is right on the box. So your experience starts as soon as the box arrives and you can keep those boxes and of course, keep the books. Awesome. Um, I'll make sure to put the, um, we'll take you all over the, the social 
media platforms, but I'll also put your website too. Um, what is your price for your monthly subscription? So it starts at $29.99 a month, but if you get a longer subscription, three, six, or 12 months, then you get discounts. So if you get a 12 month, you get two boxes free. You only pay for 10 months and the discounts go from there. Excellent. Oh, you're speaking my language. I like a discount. Me too. <laughs> Who doesn't like to save money? Come on. <laughs> and you get to keep the books. Like that's yeah. not a like, hey, borrow them and return them. You know, you yeah, we have a them. replacement guarantee. If we send you a book you already have, let us know. We'll send out another one. No problem. Oh, nice. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's really been fun. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to The Amy Williams Show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If that is a yes, please let me know. Find The Amy Williams Show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or all three of them. It's a great place to reach out and be a part of an uplifting community. It's full of support, motivation, and encouragement for whatever you might be going through. You'll meet new friends, get great content throughout the week, and not just on Wednesdays. The biggest compliment that you can give to The Amy Williams Show is by subscribing, either on iTunes if you're an iPhone user, or using the Stitcher app uh, if you're an Android user, like me. And uh, the other thing you can do is leave a review with your biggest takeaway. Reviews help get guests on the show and sponsors as well. So uh, that's very much appreciated. And also you can share the episodes uh, on your social media because that helps as well. All right. Thanks again. Go out and have a blessed day.